Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Mary's Touch, real life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real life stories of Mary's love. Hi, everyone. This is Alexis Walkenstein. Welcome to Mary's Touch. We are at the intersection of today's culture, literally, as we bring you the show right from the heart of Hollywood. Today's guest is Mark Matthews, and this show is going to be really great. Mark is one of the most impactful men I've met here in L.A., and his witness will be an encouragement to many men and women. Mark was born and raised on the Canadian prairies, and he's a senior software engineer at Google here in L.A. working on core artificial intelligence technologies for mobile devices. He's a visual effects expert, having worked 10 years with DreamWorks Animation. He holds 22 feature film credits, including Kung Fu Panda, Shrek Forever After, and Madagascar 2. His algorithms gave more fire to explosions, fluff to hair, and jiggle to bellies. He received two DreamWorks Technical Achievement Awards for his volume rendering and hair modeling systems and has been awarded a patent for hair data compression. Mark holds multiple degrees, a Master's of Science from University of Calgary, as well as a Bachelor of Science and Bachelor of Engineering, Engineering Physics from University of Saskatchewan. A faithful Catholic, Mark spent a year in the spiritual formation program at Madonna House, volunteered with Catholic Christian Outreach's Vine program. Mark has been in Hollywood for 10 years, and he's the founder of Bibles and Brew, a Catholic men's fellowship group that encourages men to grow in their faith and masculine identity. He's the Hollywood Undercover Missionary, a monthly segment on Salt and Light Radio, airing nationally on Sirius XM. Mark speaks on St. John Paul II's love and responsibility, male identity, overcoming addiction to pornography, and surviving, and I would say thriving, as a Christian in Hollywood. Welcome to the show, Mark. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Alexis. It's awesome to have you here. You're actually christening our first time recording here in L.A., so this is quite quite the morning. I feel very special. Oh, well, this is going to be great. We're going to obviously get into a lot of the masculine identity 
But when I heard about you, I knew I wanted to know you and hear your story. So I thought we could start with a little bit about your life of faith and how God was really inviting you to a life of faith and devotion. Oh, sure. Yeah, no. Well, I, I, I have been very blessed. Um, my life of faith, I guess the real story for me, starts with an organization called Catholic Christian Outreach. And they're very similar to Focus uh, in the United States here, but up in Canada. And up in, this was around my uh, first year of university. And up until that point, I'd kind of been dabbling in Catholicism, sort of going to events, but not really uh, making a commitment. And uh, their their founder at the time, uh, their founder still, uh, Andre Renier, uh, he invited me to give everything to Jesus. And to me, this kind of sounds a little bit like a dangerous idea. I'm like, oh, gee, God's going to make me marry someone I don't want to, uh, or he's going to, you know, force me to become a priest or something. Um, but I thought about it. I'm like, no, he'd been really good to me up until that point. And so everything, you know, seems, seemed good and true. So I decided to make the leap and I said, Jesus, I give you everything in my life. I give you control. Do with me as you will. And it was a scary moment, but it wasn't until uh, I had taken that leap that things sort of really started to click. Um, our relationship with Christ is very much like uh, a marriage. Uh, you grow in love for a person, but at some point you have to say, I do. I give you everything. Uh, and your relationship is taken to a whole new level. Uh, you don't stop growing, however. You know, that I do is just the beginning of a journey. And that's very much what happened for me. Um, and I think the the most important thing for me that kind of pulled me along in that journey of growth uh, was the commitment to pray regularly. You couldn't have a good relationship with your spouse if you didn't talk to them on a regular basis. And that's, uh, that's really where I kind of grew and even received a lot of healing in my relationship with Christ. So, so that's kind of like the, the 60 second version of, you know, my sort of reversion to the Catholic faith, you know, despite still growing up uh, a Catholic. So my favorite Cardinal O'Malley says there's no safe way to follow Jesus. So that kind of reminds me a little bit about your surrender. Um, your faith was deepening and Jesus was becoming the Lord of your life. And then he began to call you very specifically to Los Angeles, all the way from mm. Saskatchewan, which mm -hmm. I have been saying over and over again in preparation <laughs> for this show. Yes. You know, Canada to L.A. in your particular region is quite a difference. You know, God had a plan for your life coming here. I mean, share a little bit about that and and just getting here and discovering this need for, you know, male mentorship and how God really evolved. Oh, yeah, for sure. In that area. Um, yeah, I, I, I love Saskatchewan. I always like to describe it as the Catholic Bible Belt of Canada. So, um, yeah, I grew up in a, a small Canadian city of about a quarter million, uh, Saskatoon. And I had lived in a few bigger cities, you know, during my education, but I never really liked them. I kind of liked, you know, where, where I was from. Um, so I came down here for a job interview down to the metropolitan area of L.A. of 18 million people. And I kind of found this, what I describe as a ringing in my heart. You know, almost like God saying, this is the place for you. And I had done uh, ministry in all sorts of other exotic locations. Um, but I hear I felt the same sense of calling to this, what I would call a suburban mission. And so I really saw L.A. as, hey, this is my mission field. And that's exactly how I've seen it for the last 10 years. So so I, the job I got, obviously, at DreamWorks, I was here for 10 years. And I've sort of been doing this kind of little mission. It's been my mission field. So. And I think it's amazing. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not doing this because you have a formal assignment, but you're taking up your baptismal call to, to really pass on the fire of what you've received to really bring me other men along. Yeah. And, and I had done 
a year of ministry with uh, the organization Catholic Christian Outreach, Vine, Volunteers in the New Evangelization. And so um, I had the blessing of being mentored by their founder, Andre Renier, and I kind of learned a lot of the techniques of how to have a successful ministry. And so being down here, I met all these other faithful, faithful Catholics, Catholics who had never had uh, the blessing of the same kind of formation that I had. So for me, it seemed really natural. I said, hey, let's get these people together and, you know, let's just kind of do the same kind of formation that I have. Let's start off with a, with a Bible study. And I thought, oh, it'd be kind of fun if we could include beer in this somehow and kind of make it casual. And, and thus, Bibles and Brew uh, was born. And technically, the category also includes tea, so that's also a form of brew, so it's Bibles and brew, you know. It doesn't have to be beer. We're not like an alcoholic society or anything <laughs> like that. So, right. um, so yeah, that's kind of that, that's sort of the brief intro of how Bibles and brew started. And so, I mean, you are obviously a guy, and you're ministering to other guys, coming to Hollywood. Correct. Where, I am male. <laughs> where there are just so many... Um, things that come against a man living a Catholic existence here in in Hollywood, where it's, you know, the media capital of the world, the sexualization of the culture, and just so many worldly things calling. I mean, are you finding certain things that are harder here than from, you know, your home territory in this ministry? Uh, yes. Yeah. I would say there's there's a lot that sort of kind of, yeah, works against you. Trying to live as a man... Uh, yeah, in, in the world and, you know, even kind of like, yeah, here in Hollywood, um, you know, for, at first, obviously, is kind of like the sexualization of the culture. You know, you just see more, you know, skin everywhere. But I think, I think maybe the thing that's kind of really underlying that, I think it's just the distance that people feel. You don't feel sort of a real sense of a personal connection to people. People kind of come from a lot of, um, you know, broken homes and whatnot. And uh, it's almost like, you know, like I always describe it, there's this unsaid pretext of every conversation you have in LA is, who are you and how can we mutually use each other? You know, either in career or for relationship or for pleasure kind of a thing. So, so there is just kind of that culture and uh, yeah, that just kind of permeates LA. So, And yet I'm surprised because I've only been here two years. You've been here 10 mm-hmm. and we just met, but I find that like where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And there's actually a quite a few, there's just a huge pocket, like a spiritual enclave mm, of a lot of faithful mm-hmm. people who really kind of stick together. It's almost easier to be in community here than other places where I've even lived. That is true. There is definitely no lukewarm here. And and I always describe it. I'm like, you know, either you go one way or the other. And, and the, the faithful uh, Catholics and Christians that I have met here are like saintly. Like they're just some, become some of my closest friends in fellowship. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, we're going to drill down on the attributes of masculinity. We're going to take a quick break and hear from the Texas State Deputy Douglas Old Mixon, our sponsor for today's show. But we'll be right back. We're talking with Mark Matthews and I'm Alexis Walkenstein. This is Mary's Touch. The Faith and Freedom Minute explores the intersection of our Catholic faith and modern American culture, offering insights to understand and navigate the divide between secular viewpoints and our Catholic principles. Brought to you by the Knights of Columbus, here is Texas State Deputy Douglas Oldmixon. The unique complexity of the massive refugee situation in the Middle East requires careful balancing to promote a just policy. As Americans, We should not support discrimination against Muslims as a group 
on a purely religious basis. And we also recognize certain religious groups in the Middle East who urgently need protection from violent ideology. Especially at risk are some Christian communities who are not only persecuted, but are facing extermination in many areas. As Catholics and as Knights of Columbus, we call upon our government to find a way to prioritize protection of these Christians whose lives are in danger, as we have done for other religious minorities in the past. Will you join us? This has been the Knights of Columbus Faith and Freedom Minute. To learn more about the effective witness and practical works of the world's largest Catholic family organization, please visit our website at kfc.org. That's kofc.org. And we're back. You're listening to Mary's Touch, and I'm Alexis Walkenstein. Today we're with Mark Matthews here in the L.A. studio. If you are just joining us, we've been having a conversation about what it means to be a man in today's culture. Before the break, we were talking about Mark's life of faith, conversion, and how God led him to Los Angeles, where he's ministering in a powerful way to men, a little bit like hand-to-hand combat in this culture to revive traditional masculinity. I thought, Mark, that we could talk a little bit about the attributes of masculinity. I think that men will want to know if they're living in these gifts or if they're not, really, how to. And women will also want to understand how to identify a godly man. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> Good to have me on here, being this shining example of masculinity that I am. Such you a know. manly man. Oh, yeah, such a manly man. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's always my first disclaimer. Is I, I don't think I'd necessarily say a shining example of masculinity, but I certainly love talking about the subject, and I love teaching it. So the, the first thing that you have to that you come up against is even the idea of masculinity itself. Uh, Our culture says that this is a false human construct and that we should do everything we can to tear down the differences between men and women, that we should be made homogenous, exactly the same. And that's not the Catholic viewpoint. The Catholic viewpoint is that men and women are created differently, and that is a good thing. And there, there is a beauty there. And of course, there are distortions and perversions of each of those, but I would call those false masculinity. So... But if you want to talk a little bit more specifically about, say, hey, well, what are the attributes of masculinity? Um, There's a few sort of main themes that come to mind. And those would be cattle rustling, uh, (laughs) beard greasing, axe shaving, and bear wrestling. Definitely down in Hollywood, this is going down. Those are the four main uh, masculine (laughs) categories. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I love to to joke about this kind of stuff. No, so the first one I I would say, uh, and, and there's a lot of different ways to slice masculinity. So these are kind of like my themes that that I see reappearing all the time in discussions about this. Uh, The first one is the incarnation. And I love meditating on the incarnation of God. God who is incomprehensible, who is infinite, chose a particular time and a place in history to visit us. Why Bethlehem? Why 2,000 years ago? Why a man? You know, Jesus was a particular man. He had a particular hair color, fingerprints. He had a specific genetic code. How do you make something that's infinite love into something that's finite. And this is something that men are called to do. We're called to actually make things happen, to give feelings and intentions a concrete time and place and being. Uh, A a true man will, will make things happen in this world. 
you know, and a lot of people have good intentions, but they kind of never follow through on that. So, so I would say, you know, ask, ask yourself this, you know, do your words fit your actions? Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Uh, our words should exactly fit our actions. And this is just like God the Father who spoke and it came to be. So, and, and this is kind of very much in contrast to uh, LA, which is very much like, oh, hey, man, we should get together for coffee. And you're like, okay, great. How about Tuesday at 6 p.m.? Oh, well, you know, I didn't mean really get together. I just thought it'd be great if I said that. You Dist know? in the Malibu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that kind of a thing. So, you know, and, and I, you know, this is a common complaint you hear from women in relationships. You know, it's like, oh, he doesn't really make anything kind of happen. And what I've kind of found is, you know, women, you know, they want to have input into the decisions that they make, but they really kind of want the man to make it happen. So my advice to men is just do it. Like Initiate. Yeah, initiate. Just pick a time and a place. Say, hey, we're going to go here, do this, do that, you know, and be open to changes if you need to. But but a who, what, when, where, you know, and uh, just give it details. And so, it helps if the ladies let the guys initiate. Yeah, too, right? exactly. Yeah, there, there kind of has to be both sides to it for sure. So another one, another theme that comes up a lot is protector. And this is sort of very much, you know, we know we attribute St. Joseph, the protector. We have a whole devotion to him. Um, and a true man is someone who protects those who cannot protect themselves. And we put ourselves last. So who? We've got our spouse, our children, obviously, but also our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, and, and people in the community. We're, we're concerned about everyone. They will see maybe harm that they're doing to themselves or to others, and they will intervene. And something that's really kind of interesting, a, a common theme too, is people aren't asking you. They're not saying, hey, could you protect me? It's kind of like, no, as a man, you have to take that initiative and make it happen. You just see, and out of, you know, love for that person, if they're hurting themselves, you know, you intervene. And, uh, you know, this comes very much into play in romance. You know, I think any guy can see when a woman is in a toxic uh, relationship. So, you know, just talk to them. They're, they're your sister in Christ. How are you doing? How can I be praying for you? You know, uh, talk to them, listen to them, you know, and, and, and so much of this, it's like every man would love to be Braveheart, you know, out there <laughs> crying freedom, swinging a sword. But in your day-to-day life, you're probably not going to get to swing a sword. So a lot of this is very – Spiritual in- sword. Spiritual. You're swinging right. your spiritual sword. So it's a very interior emotional thing, but people that really come – that's really reflected out into your outward actions. Another theme that comes up is mentor. And we are called to humbly teach and guide. And this might be something, say, as practical as teaching a younger man a new skill. There's kind of something very sort of manly about teaching a guy how to change the oil in his car. You know, that's a great thing to know. Um, But also it could just be any kind of, you know, like an interpersonal skill. You know, maybe they're having trouble relating to someone. And if you do these things, again, with the other, you know, ahead, you're doing this in tenderness and love, it will be received well. And, and the other part of this is that uh, masculine identity, it needs to be transmitted man to man. I, I know mothers love their sons dearly, but they can't sort of transmit this masculinity the same way that a man can to another. And, you know, all sorts of ancient cultures have, tr- you know, traditions and rituals for how they do this. Like a young man has to go live in the wilderness for a day and fend for himself. Um, 
I'm so glad I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They have to. They have an overnight, uh, you know, sleepover, and they do each other's hair, and then that's how they become women. You know. Well, maybe. Sort yeah. Of. And so, in the fatherless generation, too, this mentorship, especially what you're doing with Bibles and Brew, it's very important because we've, you know, with divorces, with mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. abandonment of the father, the father wound. This is really important for Catholic men to step up. And to be that mentoring presence. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to come from your own father. You can mentor other people. Even inviting God the Father to mentor you in that way. You know, I've had I've had wonderful spiritual experiences like that, you know. So, yeah, there's lots of ways that you can achieve this transmission of masculinity. That's so. beautiful. Another theme uh, that comes up is confidence. And I've kind of hinted at this in these other ones. Nobody needs to tell you what to do. You just see it and you do it. You see something that needs doing and you find a way to meet that need. Essentially, God is inviting you to be co-creator of his world. He's saying, Mark, I mean, I know, I know I've done a perfect job already in this world, but what do you think needs improving? How can you make the world better? And you just kind of say, you're like, well, I'm God's son. He has empowered me. I'm going to do this. And, and this is something that I even struggled with when I started Bibles in Brew is uh, – you know, you kind of, you have these doubts in your mind that go, oh, who, who does he think he is, you know, starting this up? Oh, he's not qualified to, you know, teach, teach the faith. Oh, he's doing it for selfish motivations. And you just have to have this inner confidence, you know, like, no, God's asking me to do this. I'm going to do it. You know, you don't wait for permission. You don't wait for someone to tell you what to do. Um, and so that, that I think is another really essential aspect of masculinity. And that probably really comes to with your relationship with Christ and just being ready to be prompted by him to do some of these things uh, that, that men are called to absolutely. do. Absolutely. And prayer is a huge part of Bibles in Brew. Like that, that's the central foundational principle of it. I have people praying for us and I pray for inspiration. So I, I listen. And then the final theme is man is lover. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, now we're going to get a little too a bit of like that. <laughs> yeah. It's getting no. racy. Yeah, it's getting racy. <laughs> Don't let your kids hear. No. Uh, men are called to own their sexuality and use it for good. And when we are in full possession of our sexuality, only then does it become a gift. Any woman, and, and men too, can so easily sense when they are being used, when the other wants something from them for selfish purposes, and our souls react to that in a, in a very defensive way. Likewise, if you are in full possession of your sexuality, uh, you know, not giving in to pornography and masturbation and impure thoughts, then people can sense that. And the woman that you love will sense that as well too. And that is a great gift to give to the other. This also applies to the women around you. You know, it's uh, – and there's so much hurt in this area, especially in, in our culture – and you're going to kind of come up with against opposition. But, you know, I encourage men. It's like, no, you know, it's okay to hug your sister in Christ, but make sure you do it from a disinterested place. Tell them you look beautiful, but do it from a disinterested place. And they Holy will, detachment. Yeah, exactly. Holy detachment. And they, and, and they will sense that. And that is a huge blessing to them. The women I've talked to about this, they're just like, oh, yeah, that means the world to me when it's said – from a holy place of detachment. Is this one of the hardest areas of, you know, the ministry is tackling the reordering of 
you know, uh, the sexual component of, you know, how men live out their, their life. And, you know, a lot of men have had past situations and then coming into a place of newness mm-hmm. and then having to – the fellowship, I'm sure, is really so necessary for accountability. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a central part of the topics that we talk about. And we're not an accountability group per se, um, but – Every program that we've read and looked at that talks about how do you overcome these compulsions and addictions, say accountability, you have to come clean to someone else. You have to talk about, you know, this issue. And and so we do. We really encourage the guys to either open up when we're talking about it or have someone that they're accountable to. And it's just made a huge difference in, in men's life. So and 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 that's kind of one of the most important most important lessons or ways to you know, help overcome this very difficult issue, very sticky issue in our in our world today. Beautiful. I want to talk a little bit about Mary because, of course, our show is dedicated under under you know the mantle of Mary, and you talked about the incarnation. Of course, uh, God condescended to the earth to become one with us, and He used woman to do that. He used the Blessed Mother to do that. I'm wondering if you could talk about you know, your devotion to Mary and how she's helped you um, be the man that you are and also really what Mary's role is for men and how you lead men to be devoted to her. Sure, yeah. So for me, I guess one of the primary ways, like my my devotion to Mary has grown a lot over these 10 years. And one of the, the primary ways my devotion has grown to her is as someone who takes my very small offerings and makes them into something bigger and gives them to God. And this is very important when you're kind of running what I call a micro-ministry. You know, at the end of the day, you don't have any energy. You're just like, oh, I didn't even read this book beforehand. And you're like, Mary, I give you something very small. My, my very limited energy to have planned and organized this, uh, please take what I've done and make it into something bigger. And this is very much a St. Louis de Montfort theme of, you know, the queen who would take a wormy apple and clean it up and present it to her king. You know, she makes it into something bigger. And the other way that's very important is a lot of these, you know, issues of, say, masculinity are very uh, kind of deep within us. And you you have to humble yourself to become a child before Mary and say, Mary, be my mother, you know, heal, heal these wounds in my heart. And, and that is also something that leads you on the roll to authentic masculinity. So those are the kind of two ways that I personally have grown. That's beautiful. I love the Blessed Mother, and I think that, you know, I, I try to bring guests on this show, especially men, because sometimes there can be a misconception in the church that, well, the Blessed Mother's for the ladies and not for the guys. and you know, <laughs> Yeah, but, no, certainly not. Right, and so many priests, you know, credit, you know, their priestly witness to the intercession and the strength of the Blessed Mother. So um, Absolutely. it's great that, that you bring her and, in. And, I mean, one of the things, too, is, you know, we, we've even studied a lot of resources for women, you know, it's like if we help understand femininity, that's going to help us understand masculinity as well, too. Right. Very important for the women to understand the men and the men to understand the women yeah. to be compatible. E- exactly. Because and, we're so different. You know, examples of things we've done, we brought in like a women's panel where, you know, uh, women speakers, we could ask them questions. Or we have ladies' night where we disinterestedly minister to, a, you know, a small group of women. That's fantastic. Now, if, if people are in the L.A. area, how can they 
come to Bibles and Brew? How can they get in touch with you if they feel like a, a tug on their heart or, you know, people listening around the country, they have sons that live in L.A. How can they, how can they you know, come into fellowship with you in Bibles and Brew? So uh, check out the website, www.biblesandbrew.com. Uh, there will be information there to get in touch with me, and you can reach me at mark at biblesandbrew.com. That's fantastic. And I think that what would be great is if we put up on the Mary's Touch Facebook page, maybe I'll do a blog post, I'll have Mark do a guest blog, and we'll rehash the attributes of masculinity. I think it's so important in today's culture um, to really understand what it means to be a man, what it, under, what it means to be a woman in today's society. And I think under this great Marian year of Fatima, this is um, really important for for the church. So yeah, please check out the website. I'll have some resources on there about how to start a men's a similar Bibles and Brew group. So great, and you speak around the country as well. Uh, I do. Great. So thank you so much, Mark, for being here today. This is really enlightening and a lot of fun. Very fun. Thank you. I've enjoyed my time here. <laughs> I've enjoyed my time here <laughs> uh, talking about axe uh, greasing and uh, bear wrestling. You'll have to come back and talk about um, why it takes so long for men to text, something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, it's a deep mystery I could never reveal. It's, it's a deep mystery. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you to our sponsors of Mary's Touch. Tell a friend about Mary's Touch. Tag a friend with hashtag Mary's Touch. Follow me, Alexis, at Walkenstein on Twitter. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. God love you. God bless you. This program is produced by Mary's Touch, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734 or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.